Good morning, Contact family, and I'm so glad we could be together to worship today. I want to share with you a lesson that I did a few weeks ago at Campus Encounter at the Stillwater Church of Christ uh, that was for all of the different university ministries that were meeting together for a big weekend. It's called Made to Love Others. The theme of that weekend was made for this, and uh, the preaching minister from the Memorial Road Church of Christ in Edmond came and did a lot of lessons about different things that, that were made for as part of God's kingdom. And so my topic was made to love others, living out the greatest command. And I want to share this with you today because I think there's some things that that'll apply to what's going on right now. So without further ado, let's continue. Made to love others. Now, when I say made to love others, I mean that we are created to love others, not that we're forced. So it's not that kind of made. It's it's that's the way that we were designed by God. That's the way that we were put together. Other words that do apply, I think, to this are we are commanded to love others. Jesus calls us to that, or Jesus tells us to do that as a commandment. Uh, we're also called to love others. Calling is a little more than a command is. A calling, I think, has a much more spiritual dimension with it than a command. It's almost like a rule. And so we are, we are called, and even more so, we are empowered. The Holy Spirit gives us the ability to love others when that's really challenging. So that's something that uh, when we say yes to Jesus and become Christians, that becomes part of who we are. So I want to read to you guys uh, from Matthew chapter 22, and this little passage where Jesus is talking to Pharisees says, when the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, Matthew 22, 34 through 40, with his reply, they met together to question him again. One of them, an expert in religious law, tried to trap him with this question. Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Okay, so setting that up already, we've got Jesus is talking to Pharisees. You know, these are the big religious head honcho guys. He'd already shut down the Sadducees. Those are the ones that didn't believe in the resurrection, whereas the Pharisees did believe in the resurrection. And these are the guys that are making sure that people are following the Jewish law closely. So they don't like Jesus because Jesus is stirring up trouble for them because Jesus is talking with authority and in ways that, that are beyond what they understand. And so one of them is going to try to trap him. So we already know that this is, this is a trick question for them. So he says, what's the most important commandment in the law of Moses, which is the Torah, the Pentateuch, the first five books of the New Testament? What do you think Jesus is going to say? Huh? Huh? All right. Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Okay. This is the first and greatest. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. These two commandments, the guy asked him for one. So what does Jesus really think is the most important? Which command does Jesus think is the most important? Uh, what do you think? What do you think? Think about that for a second. While we're thinking about that, I want to go back and I want to do two quick little uh, memory verses with the kids, okay? So we're going to do these two verses. Okay, you ready, guys? So if you got your kids around, bring them in. If they're not watching, let's do this together. So we'll get our hands ready. Okay, you ready? You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. Okay? You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. And you say, why are you doing the stomach for soul? Well, in the Old Testament, the bowels 
were where you made decisions. You made decisions and stuff from your gut. And so we're going to use that for the spirit. And the second one, love your neighbor, that points everybody out there, as yourself. So love your neighbor as yourself. Okay. So love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Okay, very good. Right, let me get back to position. So do we make a decision? What command does Jesus think is the most important? All right, we're going to watch a video real quick. It's one of the Bible Project videos that we like to watch, and that's going to give us some answers. And then in a second, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about what we just saw. Okay, so here we go. I'm going to play the video. So if you've heard of Jesus, you probably know about one of his famous teachings called the Golden Rule. Do to others what you would want them to do to you. And this, actually, is a restatement of something else that Jesus said, that the meaning of life is to love God and love your neighbor as yourself. Now, that's really beautiful, but what does he mean exactly by the word love? It's an unclear word in English, because you can love your mom and you can love pizza. And if the word love means the same thing in both of those cases, your mom's going to feel real bad. So what did Jesus mean in his language? Well, first of all, this love your neighbor phrase is a quotation from the Hebrew scriptures, where the word for love is ahava. However, the language Jesus spoke and taught in from day to day it was a cousin language of Hebrew, that is Aramaic, in which the word for love is rachmah. But then, as Jesus' followers spread his teachings around the world, they translated them into Greek using the word agape. But here's what's fascinating. The earliest followers of Jesus who wrote the books of the New Testament in Greek, they didn't learn the meaning of agape by looking it up in ancient dictionaries. Rather, they looked to the teachings of Jesus and the story of his life to redefine their very concept of love. So one time, Jesus was asked about the most important command in the Jewish scriptures. And he first quoted from the ancient prayer in the Torah called the Shema. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart. So love for God is the most important thing. But then Jesus quickly followed up by saying another command from the Torah was also the most important, to love your neighbor as yourself. So which is the most important, loving God or loving your neighbor? Jesus' answer is yes. To ask the question means you don't get his point. For Jesus, they are two sides of the same coin. Your love for God will be expressed by your love for people and vice versa, they're inseparable. And so this makes it clear that for Jesus, agape love is not primarily a feeling for someone else that happens to you, like our phrase, I fell in love. For Jesus, love is action. It's a choice that you make to seek the well-being of people other than yourself. Jesus also went on to teach that genuine love for God and others means seeking people's well-being without expecting anything in return, especially from people who are in difficult situations who can't repay you even if they wanted to. According to Jesus, this kind of generous love reflects the very heartbeat of God. And he took this even further. Jesus said that the ultimate standard of authentic love is how well you treat the person that you can't stand. Or in his words, you shall love your enemy and do good to them, expecting nothing nothing in return. For Jesus, this kind of enemy-embracing love imitates the very character of God himself. Now, we wouldn't be talking about Jesus still today if he had only said things like, love your enemy. This is how he actually lived. Jesus was constantly helping and serving the people around him in very practical and tangible ways. And he consistently moved towards 
poor and hurting people who couldn't benefit him in return. He showed love for the forgotten ones, the people who usually fall through the cracks. And when Jesus eventually marched into Jerusalem, he made himself an enemy of the leaders of his people by accusing them of hypocrisy and corruption. But then instead of attacking his enemies to overthrow them, he allowed them to kill him. Jesus died for the selfishness and corruption of his enemies because he loved them. After Easter morning, Jesus and then his followers claimed that it was the power of God's love for the world that was revealed in Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. As the Apostle Paul put it, God demonstrated his own agape for us in this. While we were still sinners, the Messiah died for us. Or in the words of the Apostle John, God's own agape was revealed when he sent his one and only son into the world so that through him we could have life. And for John, then, this leads naturally to the conclusion, beloved ones, if that's how God has loved us, then we ought to show love for one another. So Christian faith involves trusting that at the center of the universe is a being overflowing with love for his world, which means that the purpose of human existence is to receive this love that has come to us in Jesus and then to give it back out to others, creating an ecosystem of others-focused, self-giving love. And that's the New Testament meaning of agape love. Okay, guys, that was a great video, right? All right, let's talk about a little bit what we just saw. First off, it was a trick question, right? Which command does Jesus think is the most important? Well, he thinks they're both the most important. They're two sides of the same coin. You can't love God without loving your neighbor, which shows that you love God, which is done by loving your neighbor, which is how you show you love God, and on and on and on. These two things go together. You can't separate them, and if you try to, then you're missing the point. Second thing. Love is action. Love is not just this feeling that we fall into. Love is more than just I love pizza, right? We, we love mom because we're seeking mom's well-being. Even when people can't do anything for us in return, and maybe even especially is what agape is, is when people can't return that kind of love to you, that's when you're really showing love as action. Third, we saw that thing with that guy. And I like this, this picture of this guy who's like this hipster that is just being really obnoxious to this woman. Because it's not that it's somebody across the world who's bent on killing you. An enemy a lot of times is just someone who we can't get along with really well. And so one of the things that figures out how much we are showing agape love and we're reflecting the love of Jesus is how well do you treat the people that you can't stand? And before we go to the fourth point, I want to read another passage from 1 John because I think this passage really encapsulates a lot of what we're talking about. So 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 12. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, but anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us and his love is brought to full expression in us. So that fourth point, our purpose is to receive God's love through Jesus and reflect it to the world.
that's that's what we're here for. If you're wondering why you're here, if you're wondering what your purpose is in life, we know our purpose as Christians, and it's to both receive God's love into us, but also to reflect it back to the world. If we're not giving that love back to the world, then we're we're missing a big point. Okay, I want to read that story that we read again, but we're going to read it from Luke this time. It's a little different in Luke. In the Matthew version, Jesus answers the question. In the Luke version, Jesus makes the religious teacher answer the question, and it's going to lead to a story you're familiar with that I want to talk about a little bit. So Luke chapter 10, verses 25 through 29, and then we'll read some more from that same chapter. Okay, one day an expert in religious law stood up to test Jesus by asking him this question. Teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus replied, what does the law of Moses say? How do you read it? The man answered, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Right, Jesus told him, do this and you will live. The man wanted to justify his actions, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Uh, Isn't that the way we go? We try to justify ourselves. We hear that and we know that it says, love the Lord your God and love your neighbors yourself. But we want to get off the hook for some people, right? So Jesus is going to tell a story. It's a really famous story. It is the parable of the Good Samaritan. And we're going to tell this story with some extensive liberties taken. Uh, What I mean by that is I'm changing up some of the words and you're going to be able to see on the slides when I change up the words. But it's really important that this story hits home the way that it hit for the audience that Jesus told it to the first time. And part of the issue is when we hear the word Samaritan right now, we think of it as a good person. We have good Samaritan laws for people who help on roads and do other things like that. Uh, But for the Jewish people, when they heard Samaritan, they would have been very angry and upset because these were people who had been part of their group and then they split off and started doing things a different way. They, They intermarried with other groups. They were doing things that the Jewish people thought were very wrong. Um, so we have to kind of try to get in the mindset of that. It's really hard to do because it's really hard to identify a group that actually reflects that. So we'll talk about that in a second. It's hard to figure out, but I'm going to go ahead and start reading this. All right, the next verse, chapter 10, verse 30. So here we go. Remember, I've changed some words, so this is not exactly the way it looks in the Bible. Please feel free to look it up if you need the original words. All right, Jesus replied with a story. He said a contact member was traveling from Stillwater down to Norman. You see, it was bedlam time back when we could actually go to sporting events. And he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, and left him half dead beside the road. By chance, a preacher came along. But when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. An elder walked over and looked at him lying there. But he also passed by on the other side. Okay, preacher, you know, this is like Ron walking by somebody. And an elder, that's maybe somebody like Stan or Jim Roberts or Terry not stopping to help. And we can't even imagine that because those are the kind of guys that would do that. But that's, that's what we're talking about here. Verse 33, then a despised blank. What's the blank? So I don't know what the blank is exactly. You know, there's a lot of different options. If you're a staunch Republican, this might be a Democrat. If you're a staunch Democrat, this might be a Republican. Uh, when I taught the class at Stillwater, uh, we came up with Texan in one of them, which hurts me because I'm a Texan, as you guys know. But, uh, you know, there's some animosity sometimes between Oklahomans and Texans. It's it's really hard to identify exactly what this is. Maybe somebody like a Muslim. Um, it might be someone who there's a lot of different things. It's somebody that you have negative feelings toward. And I hope that you don't have negative feelings towards a lot of people. And this is a really hard thing to come up with. But if you do have someone with negative feelings, 
that's the kind of person that you really need to insert in this story because uh, that's the point Jesus is making here. So then that despised person came along. When he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Going over to him, that despised person soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man in his own car and took him to the hospital where he took care of him. The next day, he inserted his credit card telling the hospital administrator, take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. You guys know hospital bills are expensive, so that's very generous. Now, which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by bandits? Jesus asked. The man replied, the one who showed him mercy. Then Jesus said, yes, now go and do the same. I love in this because the guy won't even say the Samaritan. He just says the one who showed him mercy because he's so disgusted by Samaritans. And he really hates the story that Jesus has just told. And that's part of the point. This is a hard story that, that the person who shows mercy, no matter what their background is, is the one who is most truly living out the greatest command of Jesus. And that's a hard thing because we want to say that there's other things that we do that justify us with with God. And what God says is, I want you to love your neighbor and I want you to love me and you love me by loving your neighbor. And that's really hard to put together. Okay, so one more thing. Uh, Oh, yeah, that's right. Dave Wynn said this a few weeks ago when he was at Contacts. He said, we love an invisible God by loving a visible neighbor. And I thought that was such a great line that I included in this. We love an invisible God by loving a visible neighbor. It's really hard to love God. God doesn't need anything from us, but other people do. And God put us as his body and his kingdom on this earth to show that kind of love to other people. Okay, so when I was in the class, I had everyone group up by their college major to try to think of ways that they could show love to people. And what I want you to do is in your house or with whoever you're with right now, or maybe there's somebody you can text, I want you to think um, for a minute about how you can live this kind of of love that Jesus is talking about. And, and after we finish here, uh, have a discussion for a little while about what does it look like for me to show genuine love to someone today. Now in in that, I said no church answers. It can't be stuff that's like the generic answers. It's what are the gifts and talents and specific things that God has blessed me with that I can use to show other people love. So in in the example, there was a a group at um, Abilene Christian who there, well, not a group, one of the engineering professors had done for his seniors had put together this case study where they would solve a problem that was going on at a mission field in Honduras. But it was a theoretical kind of thing. Well, one year, uh, another person at ACU took this engineering professor to Honduras and they found projects that had been done before. And so when he came back, he used the actual things that had happened in his case study. But this semester, which I don't know what's going to happen now because obviously things are up in the air, a bunch of the uh, junior engineering majors took a missions course and an engineering course at the same time. And as they took those, they had to work on a project that would solve an actual issue going on at the mission field. Um, and so they worked for this whole semester and the plan was going to be, which is probably not going to happen now, but eventually they'll get to it, I'm sure. Uh, the plan was going to be at the end of the semester, they were going to fly to Honduras together and they were going to actually implement this thing that they thought about. So it was an engineering problem and they used their engineering background to create a solution that they were going to then solve that was going to bless the kingdom. So what I want you guys to think about is what do you have personally in your life that you can use 
to share God's love with others. And I want you to think about that. Find somebody else you can partner up with to bounce ideas off each other. And then in the comments to this, I want you guys to share what you thought about. Or maybe you can record your own video and post it and, and talk about how you can specifically love others. Whatever you want to do to follow up on that, I think that would be really good because right now there's a lot of hurt. There's a lot of fear. There's a lot of people who are not seeing God's love the way they need to. And we are the answer to that. And so we need to figure out how we are going to respond in this time and how we're going to show the love of God. Okay, so that's your assignment for later. Um, Before we go, I just want to remind you guys that you are made to love others. God has created you to be someone who shares his love with other people. God loves you so much. Whatever has happened in your past, whatever you might be doing right now, God loves you. And that doesn't mean that God doesn't want to transform you into a new kind of human that lives in a way like Jesus did. But you are God's creation and God loves you and God wants you and God is so excited about you. And God is passionate about you and he wants you to love others the way that he loves you. And so I don't know what you need today. Maybe you need some extra prayer. Maybe you need um, to make a commitment to Jesus. You know, coronavirus is not going to stop us from finding a way to get you in the baptistry, okay? So if today's the day and you need to say yes to Jesus, then let us know. We're going to figure it out. But you are made to love others, and God wants you. And no matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, uh, you are someone God loves. As it says over on the other side of my head, man, I'm messing my directions up. It's by grace you've been saved through faith. And the rest of that verse, this is not of yourselves. It's a gift from God. And so you're not doing anything to earn this, but God does want to transform you. And family, I pray that you would be transformed through this experience to love others more. So that is what I want to share with you guys today. Um, Let's pray and then we will uh, do the next piece of service. Okay. God, thank you so much for today. Thank you so much for your love. Thank you so much for the way you have shown us what love looks like by Jesus and by his life and by his sacrifice. And God, we are so thankful for you. God, give us the strength and the courage to love others and to be the people that you've called us to be. God, we want to live out what we were made for. We want to be your love in this world. God, show us ways to love our neighbor today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, you guys. Thanks so much.